sports listeners. I'm your host, Erica Salda, the queen of team. Please tune in every single Tuesday. This whole hour of Santa Barbara Teen Athletes. Woo! Woo! And we're talking all athletes. We have a full house today, and I love it when we get visited by our teen kings and queens. And in the house today, we have Romy Davies, Santa Barbara High School Dawn. So let's get let's get busy, Romy. I have another lacrosse update for this week. So I remember last week I was talking about the tournament, the upcoming tournament that we were having, the Gold Coast tournament um, that we were at SB. And amazing news, we won the tournament. So we won our entire division, beat the two teams we were playing Rivers Park, and we took first place. So we won this big purple and gold trophy that my coach gets in her room, which is so cool. And it's like, for the girls across team, honestly, because it's like a program and we are now being slumped. Yeah, such a good thing happened and we're really happy about it. But yeah. So you've got a talented squad. You're young, but you're talented. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a ton of the fresh sophomores just started are doing so well because the only sort of I think I'm in November and she's already doing so well. Um, yeah, it's really good. I'm really nice. proud of our team. So let's take us back to when you, what, what, um, you've, you've mentioned this before and I do know the story, but for our new listeners, um, we're on AM now, FM, and a Christian broadcast station I'm really excited called Eternity. So why don't we let all the new viewing audiences, how did you first get started on lacrosse? Started in seventh grade. My best friend in middle school, I went to Laguna. She wanted to play for and basically I had tried. I never, like I was, or it was really day she started playing lacrosse and asked me if I wanted to do it with her. So I thought, oh, well, like I might as well try something. Um, started playing and I just loved it right away. So I played ever since. I was nice. so very random to it. Yeah. Fantastic. So how many years has this been now? So I started in seventh grade. So that would have been, now it's junior So was that about four or five Four years, years five years. Nice. Yeah. So, I, I, like you said, though, we talked about this last time you were on. This isn't something that you might not, you don't know yet. You still got a couple of years to decide yeah. what you want to do school. I don't know. I feel like it's probably not. Like, I, I think if I'd been in college, it's kind of like a club team, you know, do it for not really like intention to go pro. Like, it could be more of a fun thing because I feel like. It's just especially on the West Coast. It's something people do really intensely with like intention to go pro. But yeah, that's just about it. Fantastic. Okay. Do you have any questions? Yeah. So uh, going into lacrosse, do you know the history of lacrosse or anything? How did the sport get started? Not really. I think that I don't know if this is where it originated from, but with our team, we always watch this film that's about like a Native American film about them playing lacrosse. I think that is how it started. It was like a, a Native American 
thing, like a sport they played. Losers, losers had to give up one of their uh, players for a sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I'll throw them into the, you know, into the yeah, I had heard I'll throw them into that. the volcano. No. <laughs> Okay, that's Mayan and Aztecs, I yeah, believe. Right. <laughs> oh my God. That's excellent. What uh, I, so I don't know for sure, but yeah. Yeah. You have siblings, right? Yeah, I do. What sports do they play? So I have a t- sister. She's volleyball. And then I have three older brothers who are in their 20s. But they they played a ton of sports. They played soccer, tennis. Uh, they... I think my one of my brothers played lacrosse for a little bit in high school, but yeah, they're counting everything. Rugby too, because they grew up in London. Ah, they must be so proud of you. <laughs> oh no. So are they typical big brothers where, you know, I'm gonna tell my brother on you or that or no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, because they're like a lot older. They're in their 20s, early to late 20s. So I feel like we never had the the like mean brother relationship like uh, i'm really close to them yeah you all say yeah he did it <laughs> so you're gonna be the little really princess her, yeah win drama that we have yeah. <laughs> that's that's great fantastic okay great um let's uh, i know you got to get back to class so um i'll see you next week yeah Okay, perfect. All right, don't go anywhere. (laughs) Romy Davies giving us the Santa Barbara High School Dawn recap. I love her. Huh? Love all of our teams. Yeah, well, I do love all of our teams, but Ava Burford, shout out to her who brought in Romy. Good stuff. It's like I said last week, I'm not, I'm really just not, concerned our youth are they're amazing i uh watched the um a recent i forget the name of the school i've been watching so many schools and softball right now getting started and uh this one girl woman in college she uh, hit the cycle in home runs okay she hit a home run bases loaded got three run home run two run home runs uh one a single home run i'm like i've never first of all i would never think that would be possible Okay, four at bats, four home runs, bases loaded, triple, three man, two man, single, and I, I kept on. I had like, I guess I had free time. I kept on watching it over and over, making sure it wasn't cut and spiced and all this other kind of stuff. It was fake. It's real. I just couldn't believe it. On that note, um, I don't know we got a full house today as usual. A couple of things have come up. I want to talk about it a little bit later in the show. Um, and I want to get Dr. Amy's take on this. I want to throw this out here right now. Here we go. She's like, oh, what does she got to come up with? But I, I did so many services this week, and I don't know why, but that survey on my emails, Queen of Teen, you name it, on the biological males being able to play in female sports. We did touch on this about a year ago. It exploded. I know it's legal in California. If you feel like you're a girl that you can play in our, high uh, in our high schools, on the high school level, um, I myself personally just say, I don't know why you just can't create a third league and call it co-ed because I don't know why we have to destroy women's sports. That's my take on it. OK, and I am not trying to you know, bunk anything, but I did look at one sport like in track 
And in high school, if you take the best, say, 100 yard dash, there's over 300 high school boys I can smash that record by a, like a half a second. So, again, I never took an anatomy class in my life, but we are so blessed to have Dr. Amy Salsman in the house. And she was actually uh, a collegiate athlete, Stanford Gymnastics. Dr. Amy, what do you say? Well, I'm sure that whatever I'm going to say is going to make some people happy and some people not so happy. And here's what's true for me. I'm absolutely for trans rights and I'm absolutely for women's rights. And that makes this situation super, super complicated. My personal opinion, and I think the data supports this, is that a trans woman who went through male puberty has physiological and anatomical advantages that make it unfair for her to against women who did not go through male puberty. And I was, um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's basically the summary. And Erica, I like your idea of a co ed or a third category, but. Um, in supporting trans rights only, we are harming the women who have not gone through male puberty. Um, those women are having to compete in an unfair situation. And we really only bring this up because of all the sports injuries that are being reported. So we want safety for all athletes. We want an inclusive experience, figure our way through this where all athletes get to yeah, I also, and, I also and compete and compete fairly um, based on anatomical and physio physiological character. I mean, I, I've, I've said this before on the show. I've coached for 28 years and on girls basketball. If there was a, uh, a female that that biologically was a male over six foot and needed a shoulder to cry on and wanted a team to play on, I would think <laughs> I am the coach. Come to me. Okay. I have no problems with that at all. Okay. Especially if you had a twin brother, sister or whatever. Okay. It didn't even matter. So, um, no, I just think that uh, in all seriousness, we just create a third league. The media gets behind it. The corporations get behind it. You know, cereals, the sodas, all that get behind it. And then let's just, because if that's what the intention is, is to plop all the transgenders and try to train wreck female sports. Well, that's not going to, that's not going to happen. There's enough women out there right now. You got a lot of helicopter moms right now that put in all the times and the efforts. And there's only so many college scholarships. You can't and to lose to a biological male that just that's just wrong. It's just not right. And I'm not trying to crush transgender rights either. I'm just saying, let's just make another category and then it's win win for everybody. Melissa. Well, I have a unique position because a, a very good longtime friend of mine who's my age. So in their 50s, so just came out to me was biologically male and has finally uh, decided it was too painful to remain that way and ha is doing transgender stuff. And what this person talked to me about going through this change and now taking hormones is how uh, they are not they are experiencing less strength. They are experiencing less uh, just ma masculinity in the same way because of the hormones. So I think there's also something to be 
thought about after once the the hormones are in there and how that impacts things and i i don't know enough about it but i agree with many of the points made and it is a mm. challenging challenging issue so i think Dr. the Amy, issue yeah. is that if we if we just look at testosterone or um muscle strength or whatever we're not accounting for the other parts of anatomy and physiology that contribute to faster, in this case, swimming times. So, for example, uh, Leah is slower than swam when she was a biological male. However, she is still much proportionately faster than any of her female competitors. And so that's the issue. And I think if you're going to add a wrinkle into this, you have to add, what if you have someone who transitions before puberty? And that's going to be a whole nother category. And perhaps those who transition before the advantage of male puberty should be allowed to it with the women. But there is a, an advantage to going through male puberty, even if after your hormone lo levels are lowered and you're swimming slower than Don, what do you say? Amy? I, it's a really interesting yeah. dialogue discussion because uh, I agree with what other people have said that we need to respect the dignity of all lives. And so perhaps a third, a third category, a third league is uh, the definitions need to be worked out and everything, but perhaps that's a way to respect everybody's chance to be able to find a place where they can compete and they can, they, they can, you know, express their potential. Because I was going to say, not every, not, you know, just because someone is born male or female, there's females who exhibit and have a lot of um, biological male characteristics and vice versa. And you have these standout athletes. I was just thinking in terms of basketball, even a male among males. I mean, you know, somebody like Wilt Chamberlain had skills and abilities that were above and beyond what literally above and beyond what a lot of males have. And the same thing has happened in women's basketball, like with Lisa Leslie and now Brittany Griner. They're, they're, they're um, you know, head and shoulders outcompeting, able to outcompete some of their female counterparts. And so, so I think, I think uh, we're onto something with the idea that they're perhaps, you know, that, that we, we recognize the dignity of all, all people to, to find what they identify with. And so if that's transgender, then, then, uh, you know, you, you, uh, you can, you could enter the transgender league, you know, and, and, uh, I, I don't, you know, I know that like, like Dr. Amy said, this, this, this is, uh, has all kinds of emotional hot button triggers for a lot of people, but I think fundamentally we do need to recognize the dignity and, and value of all, all human life you know, respect that people need to find a place to do what they're going to do. Yara Boatwright, we got a minute left. I had a question for Dr. Amy um, regarding the transition post-puberty or um, hormone therapies. What is the minimum age at which a teen um, can begin hormone therapy? Because it does sound like that's a part of the picture here. Let's hold that. Not that she doesn't know the answer right now, but we've got to take a break. And then we're going to get right back with Dr. Amy after these messages.
We are back, and this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salt, and the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday, 9 a.m. Hello, this is Dr. Amy Saltzman with Teen Sports Radio. You can find me at Still Quiet Place. Dot com and spotaspider.com. And I was just going to respond to the question about um, the age of transitioning. And I think as most of our listeners know, uh, that too is a complicated issue where some states aren't even allowing uh, kids to transition to the gender with which they identify. And I think the medicine and the law on this is evolving over time. But the typical age for supporting kids in transition is from six to eight. So again, I'm not in charge of these things, but perhaps if I was, um, it makes sense to me that up through maybe sophomore year in high school, that kids can compete on whatever team they identify with. And then because when you get to sophomore year in high school, right, that's when kids are starting to look at being recruited and those types of opportunities. And at that point, I think it will depend on whether a person who identifies as female has gone through male puberty or not. That's the place where I think it matters. And as Don pointed out and other people pointed out, we always have had athletes with advantages. Uh, My son, uh, being my son, was small and competed against and went through puberty late and competed against, you know, really boys who he called them man child. They had gone through puberty really early. What he learned in that experience was he learned to be super tactical and super smart about his sport because his physiology um, wasn't the same as his competitors. And then often the competitors who were had gone through pretty early hadn't learned those skills. And when everybody else went puberty, uh, they struggled a bit because they'd done it on brute strength and now they needed to learn skills. I think the intention of having women's sports and of Title IX is to give, am I going to say this sentence, is to give biological women a place to compare fairly. And so someone who's been through male puberty doesn't fit in that category. That doesn't mean that someone who's been through male puberty shouldn't also have an opportunity and a place to compare. And if I can just add a little bit to wrap our arms around our teens that are experiencing this kind of dysphoria, whether it's male, female, or male, the none of us who are aligned to the biology that we've been born with understand what someone who is not in alignment is going through. And that dysphoria is so intense, it frequently will um, create sensations of uh, suicide. And so um, the fact that we do have hormones, have all these wonderful options for helping someone integrate their human experience, however they're experiencing their gender, is so compassionately wonderful. Um, we embrace our transgender, our uh, asexual, however things are their individuality, embrace. And at Teen Sports Radio, we are just everyone to have a safe offer to, to experience sports with their education. Don. Uh, another thing we're not even factoring in, which will be an, an issue with all three, you know, we did have three leagues of that 
uh, like we're discussing is many over the years, parents have often gained enrollment dates and um, cutoffs and things like in hockey and many sports to where they'll get a kid enrolled so that he's physically mature even a year ahead of all the other classmates. And this happened in my high school, a, a very prominent athlete transferred into our our, our uh, middle school and uh, was always captain and always, you know, on top of all the sports and, and um, come to find out later, he's like a year older than all of us. And so that, that has happened in women's and men's sports. And I'm sure it will happen if there is a, a, a transgender component created as well. I have a suggestion that I'm hoping our society will move into. I would love to see sports turn into more of team sports where they are co-ed. Because think about it, even when football players started practicing ballet, it improved their their sport. We could create different sports than we currently have right now that that expresses credible physique of us beings and do it in a way that is a team sport for individuals. Good point. Dominique has got a lot of experience in this and she's, what do I say? Uh, well, I have family members. So I don't want to out them all. <laughs> they have been on the show, but I have family members who are uh, transgender and experiencing gender. Uh, we well, just- and our family has supported someone in transitioning as well. And um, not an immediate family member, but a close friend. And I really do have compassion, understanding. You know, I feel inspiration for these people. And as an athlete, I feel it's important for people to be able to be fair or as fair as possible. Sir. Right. Well, as the division occurs, you have to understand, we need to figure how do you, you know, unite. unite. And there's always a compromise. And usually what comes out of it, and Christine Marie is not here today, but she always said, you'll always figure that something will blossom out of it. And I'm just hoping it's a third league. Let's take a little break. It's Eric Salta, the queen of... We had your take on this, but I want to get a team take, a queen, king, queen, Santa Barbara High School, Romy Davies. All right. You can't, this is not a right or wrong. This is about how you feel and how you feel is what we're going to respect. Doesn't matter, but you are playing sports right now. I, we, Dr. Amy and myself, we didn't have to have this. We never even thought about this because it never came out. So in your particular case, I'll just ask you, do you know of, uh, have you experienced this in your uh, lacrosse playing or have you heard about it? Are you following it or you just don't care? And it's all, all the right answers, whatever you say. Well, personally, I really don't know much about it. And like I've definitely about it, obviously, on social media and the news and everything. But I think really it's not being talked about that much. Or at least I personally haven't heard about it. Like, I don't think I know any specifically who's had a situation like that or i don't know like it's full or at least people that i know or with my team i really haven't come across it yet so i don't know though but yeah well you know something it makes sense because all athletes doesn't matter where you're from you're in your own little bubble so you wouldn't have an opinion and, and i'm in a and if i'm saying something wrong correct me you're allowed to correct me but your world is going to be the world that you can identify that's you're surrounded by so unless the social media and everything your generation now just knows how to shut it down because you know you figure a lot of it is hype and you know maybe not necessarily to begin with you've learned that so um, unless it, it like it's you're confronted with it, you probably wouldn't have it either way. So what we uh, what we know of is in California, we have a wonderful rule that 
in high school, students get to play on whatever team they feel most aligned. And so if someone is having a transgender experience, whatever um, gender they feel most aligned with is the team that they get to play on. So that I think is a really wonderful thing about California. And then Mm -hmm. we were just discussing with Dr. Amy about qualifying for college sports. There may be a point where, you know, perhaps we could have like a third league and it could be a co-ed league um, and have people who are, uh, male, female, and transgender be in a co-league. And then I was also suggesting, how about in the future, we have uh, new kinds of sports where male, female, doesn't matter what your your body type is, we all get there and we play a sport where we all excel at and it's teamwork that makes it for the win. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, it's something yeah. that you're going to be, you know, transitioning, as they say, out of sports soon. So, <laughs> you know, what I mean? but it's funny because it would be interesting if somebody showed up at your front door at Santa Barbara High School, wanted to play lacrosse, and then how how the players on the team would react to it. And I mean, I've always said coaching for 28 years, if um, if somebody wanted to identify as a female and they were over six foot and want to be on my girls basketball team, I'd say I, I would like to be the shoulder that you cry on. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm saying because I like to win. She would want to be their coach. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's yeah. fine. Come on in. That's what I would say. <laughs> Everyone was six foot. That just fits the bill. But anyway, no, it, it is. It's. It doesn't it hasn't really impacted Santa Barbara. So but other like other states and other cities. And I guess if you look at the numbers, the numbers are so small. If you look at the hundreds of thousands of athletes and then look at the ones that fit into that category, it's I, I don't know the percentage, but I probably I bet you it's one percent and less. It's How small, would you be affected by it? But but the experience is is grand and yeah. it's important for us to embrace our community, embrace the diversity mm-hmm. of our community, yeah. but do it in a way where we're keeping all athletes safe. So on a shift, do you have a plans for your spring break? Yeah, actually on Monday we're going down to Palm Springs for a few days. So that'll be nice. really nice. But yeah. Excellent. That was our getaway when I was at high schools. So I went to uh, Rolling Hills High. In my senior year, I moved from New York and I only spent my senior year in Rolling Hills. And that's what we did. Went to Palm Springs for the break. It was crazy. So it was crazy. Oh yeah, my it's, gosh. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy fun, but crazy. <laughs> so definitely. Yeah. I think every everybody in the West Coast, especially since you guys have been all COVIDed for the last two years, I think it just kind of uh, rumbling. Definitely. So yeah, anyway, anything else going on that we need to know about? No, I don't think so. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Will we see you next week? Yes. Or oh, right. Palm Springs, then. Okay. Well, maybe we find you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you never know where T Sports Radio ends up. We might have to have a poolside right there, view yeah. of everything. Uh, we, we're going to take the show on the road, maybe. We'll, ne- we'll see. Down the road, for sure. That's going to be in our plan. Thank you, Romy. Take Thank care. You. Bye. You too. Bye. <laughs> We've got Richard Ellsworth after these messages. And this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 
9 a.m. This is Richard Ellsworth with Mountain Sage Healing Arts and the Braille Institute. And I decided to take the day off from work because I play the Irish fiddle and I, I have a lot of different things to play at. But I have the whole morning to myself. And, um, you know, I haven't really taken much time off of work, but even so much as just a couple hours not having to, to stress out in the morning and be able to enjoy a, a, a day that's that's important to me and the the um, the music that I'm interested in um, has created a a space for me where I'm I'm starting off the day just completely relaxed and I already know that that's going to set the stage for for the rest of the day with with all of these different performances I have to do I want to be you know comfortable and relaxed and not stressed so that I can do my best so I was realizing that you know even though we have this tendency to get caught up in things like schoolwork or um, work work whatever it is that we're doing it's so so important to make sure that we take time for ourselves because once we get in that that cycle of of stress 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 I have to do this I have to do this next over and over and over again our brains are conditioned that way right and then we start to think that way throughout the course of the whole day so starting off the day being relaxed and and also just you know being aware that every now and then we need to take time to relax and kind of ask ourselves about the things that make us happy is 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 really important um do you have any thoughts on that sierra 100 percent. so i have uh stepped outside into my front garden here and yeah i'm talking about i'm talking about spring break and i'm talking about how you know it's easy for teens to kind of zone out, uh, spend all day on their phones, you know, sleep until three o'clock in the afternoon. And I think there's room for all of that. But what I'm really trying to encourage them to do is to, if you will, sanctify some of that time for true decompression. Um, and it might look like you do go to the beach with your friends, but you also, while you're there, take some time to really fully embody what it means to rest in a place of nature where all of your senses can be restored. Something on that theme. Okay. That's I also think that when we are um, in boxes, like when we're in a room, when we're in an office, if we're at a desk, that our thought patterns think in these linear lines. And when we go out into nature and we see different patterns, we see the branching pattern of a tree, we see the rolling pattern of a wave, we see the meandering shape of a hillside or a trail. It allows the brain to think along those lines. So when we say think along those lines, which lines do we think along most often? Square papers, square screens, boxy rooms. So use your spring break to really diversify not just like your physical experiences, but also your mental, emotional, and if it fits for you, spiritual experiences. Whatever place in nature feels good to you, if you're a beach person, if you're a trail person, if you just like trees and want to go to a park, like even just a few minutes of turning off the phone, being in your senses and really embodying what it means to rest will make you so much more refreshed when you go back to school and it'll really make the spring break count. I'm Sierra Boatwright, the founder of Santa Barbara Ecotherapy. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist who does all of her work out in nature, pretty much. And I invite you to check me out at sbecotherapy.com or on Instagram and Facebook. Oh, Thank you, Sierra. So Let's take another break. This is Erica Sala, the Queen of Teen. We'll be back with more after these messages. Well, now together we will stand. 
And this is Santa Barbara Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salda, the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Welcome back to Teen Sports Radio. This is Dominique Hackett with Santa Barbara Wellness Center, uh, SB Braille, Philosophical Books for the Blind, <laughs> lots of different ways. I love to do a Hackett Huga where we talk about something comfy and cozy that makes our life more enjoyable. And to echo off of Sierra last segment about taking a break in nature, one of the really comfortable things that is a great huga idea is stepping outside and finding a tree and put a pillow down and lean up against the tree and align your back to the tree. That sensation along your spine of leaning up against a tree is so magnificent. I can hardly express to you what the sensation is in words. You have, uh, if you can sit on the ground, that's even better. But what you have is, they call it rooting, they call it grounding, they call it earthing. But what it does is it centers your magnetic energy in your body. It centers um, even the polarity, positive and negative. It gives you a chance to, your whole body gets a chance to relax. And the part about the relaxation is a reset on the body's, uh, I think it's called homostasis. Maybe Dr. Amy can talk about it more, but we have a parasympathetic uh, response that's going on in our body. And what we don't realize when we're stressed out is we, we are constantly responding to stress rather than relaxing and coming back to what is normal. So that's what sitting up against a tree does for you is it helps you come back into alignment of what is normal. Nice. Dr. Amy. Um, I think you said it really well, Dominique. And I think the segments with Richard, Sierra, and you are all pointing to the value of resting and resetting. And we can do that in small ways and big ways for people who have Spotify. I have a practice, a mindfulness practice called Rest that's on there that you can find um, or iTunes or Amazon, but there's, it talks about resting in the space between the in-breath and the out-breath, realizing that there's stillness and quietness inside of us when we're breathing in, when the breath is still, when we're breathing out, when the breath is still, when we're on spring break, when we're not on spring break, when we're at the beach, when we're doing our homework, we can access this place of rest and reset simply by bringing our attention to the breath, by going outside, by playing some music. And so finding those things that allow you to rest and step outside your box, as Sierra said, um, and kind of reset your lines. Uh, is super powerful and beneficial. Nice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some woo in here just because we don't have Christine Marie and I can. Um, there's also the, a phenomenon that we could consider, which comes more from the eco-psychological field or the terra-psychological field, which is that tree is also a living being. And that tree has mm -hmm. a resonance. Just like our nervous system has a resonance, the tree has its own resonance. We can actually measure the resonance of the whole planet from space, <laughs> so which is what biophilia is based on. So when you're leaning against that tree, 
you are actually now in a relationship. And, and if you wanted to, to be in right relationship, you could even ask permission to receive that support that you're, you're going to receive because you're now in an encounter with another living being. And every tree has its own characteristics, just like every person has our own characteristics, right? And so we can really embrace this encounter as a supportive interchange between one living being and another. And that means that there's reciprocity and that means that there's learning available. How does this tree live with other trees? How does this tree interact with the soil? What do, what do we know about what's under the soil? As broad as the canopy, so are the roots. What is happening in that canopy? All the different life forms that are there, right? So I just wanted to presence that as well because yes, it is earthing, it is grounding, it is resetting, it is mindfulness, it is finding the peace and it's also a relationship. Yeah, and it's so amazing how Don can attest to this, how trees share with one another. Don Sanders. That's true. They, they communicate through an underground network that looks like the, the networks of, of connecting fibers in our brains. And they will support the whole community, not just other trees like themselves, but they will support all different kinds of trees. I was going to say, you know, our whole life's happening in three, dim three dimensions. We've got memory and present experience and imagination. And one of the biggest causes of sufferings is erroneous perception. We're not really perceiving things as they really are. And so by our tendency in our culture to objectify nature and everything else, but you know, we, we animate ourselves and we objectify everything else. But I agree with what Sierra said that, you know, uh, like I mentioned Sierra, I, I mentioned rather um, Robin Wall Kimmerer's braiding sweetgrass before. She talks about when she relearned her indigenous native language, they look at everything as animate. You know, a rock is animate, a tree is animate. And those energy fields that they have affect us. And if we do these things, like both Dr. Amy and Sierra have talked about, then we get a chance to reset our dials and see this world as it really is, because a lot of how we operate that we've been talking about is a construct, you know, like a mental construct that's overlaid on what really is happening here. And if we didn't do that all the time, we, uh, we wouldn't be in some of the messes we're in today. <laughs> well said. Well said. Excellent. Hey, let's do this. I want to cut it off a little bit early here because I want to leave some room for Richard Ellsworth right after these messages. Teen Sports Radio Show. I am your host, Erica Salt of the Queen of Teen. Please tune in every single Tuesday at 9 a.m. Welcome back, everyone. This is Richard Ellsworth with Mountain Sage Healing Arts and the Braille Institute. Happy, happy Tuesday. I was going through a friend's pantry the other day and just 
you know, being the nutrition police, as, as I often do. And uh, I pulled out this little can of, of ramen. And, you know, I, it doesn't really matter what the, what the, the brand is. But you ramen know, I was is the, the noodles, right? The noodles. The noodles? Yeah, the, the, the ramen noodles. And, the, and they, have, they come in this little cup and you pour water over it. Dominique's um, noodles. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was reading the, the label and I saw, okay, um, no MSG added, contains small amounts of naturally occurring glutamates, whatever. Um, I said, okay, well, may maybe that means it's good, you know, no MSG. Um, and then me being, you know, a little bit paranoid, I said, well, geez, I wonder what they're using for preservatives because, you know, these noodles are sitting here dehydrated in this cup. So I decided to look at the ingredients. First ingredient is, is wheat flour, which of course is incredibly inflammatory. That's, that's one of those things that the body has to work really, really hard to kind of process out of, out of our systems. Second ingredient is shortening oil. So shortening oil, second ingredient, right? So when you look at a nutrition label on the back, the ingredients that they go in order from the ingredients that have the most amount of it occurring in the substance to the least. So second ingredient, that means there's a lot of this in here, shortening oil. Shortening oil is one of those things that will really, really build up in your arteries, raise cholesterol levels. Interesting. Okay, moving on. Then we come to some, some things like sodium hexametaphosphate, sodium hydrogen carbonate. These are still at really early on in this list here. Um, so in other words, there's a lot, a lot of salt. This is gonna raise blood pressure through the roof. Um, and we have some, it's fortified with some B vitamins. So that's, that's okay, some, some nice stuff that's added. Uh, soybean oil. Um, soybeans are, are pretty inflammatory. They can mess with, with hormones a little bit, but that's just really more because most, uh, most soy products these days are um, highly genetically modified. Um, as I continue to go through this, oh, here's, here's a bunch of maltodextrin. And then we also have tuna powder and uh, kelp powder, and all of these things have maltodextrin in them. I wonder what maltodextrin is. Well, it's, it's a sugar, the dextrin part. So interesting thing, I decided, well, I'm going to look up maltodextrin and see if I can learn a little bit about it. Well, maltodextrin has apparently been proven to raise sugar levels through the roof, um, contribute to diabetes and significantly throw off gut bacteria, making it highly susceptible to E. coli. Um, which of course we, oh my. Yeah. I'm not even um, feeding that so to my chickens. <laughs> that's, that's pretty intense. So, I mean, I, yeah. my, my only th thing that I'm thinking about this is that it just may not be the best thing to send your kid out the door with, right? Um, so, I mean, the, the lesson here is, right, we have to read labels. You know, we yeah. really have to kind of look at these things. Um, so, you know, I mentioned when I was going through that, the, uh, the, um, that there was riboflavin in there. Riboflavin is a, is a nice B vitamin. And, uh, and uh, B12 is a really interesting vitamin that's good for our systems. So, um, yeah, we'll talk about that more in a bit. Be happy and B12. So today I wanted to share a story with you about something that happened to me this past week. And I was sitting at a table um, with a lot of the people here playing cards. And all of a sudden, my lips started twitching. My eyebrows started twitching. It was almost like half my face was falling. Um, and I just got really lightheaded and fuzzy. And I didn't have any idea what was going on. And for the past few months, you know, I was having these, you know, just really sore muscles and um, and I, you know, I thought I needed a chiropractic adjustment, but you know, that only seemed to work for, for so long, but it, you know, the muscles were still sore and I was trying to really figure out 
what it was that 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 I needed. Um, and uh, it was suggested to me that because I was having a neurological thing because of the twitch in the lip and the eyebrow that maybe I try something like B12. So the point on my lip that was twitching in, in Chinese medicine on, a, on, a, on those meridians is a, a large intestine point. Now, large intestine is where B12 is absorbed. So when I realized that that was the case, I knew that that B12 made a lot of sense. So I took a bunch of B12 and I know that for B12 to be absorbed, I need um, folate or, or folic acid or folinic acid. Um, so I took a bunch of that. I took some hydrochloric acid as well. Uh, B12 actually has a higher potential for binding to a higher affinity, I should say, for binding to, um, to, to hydrochloric acid as opposed to intrinsic factor, which is what absorbs B12 in the large intestine. Um, so once I had that figured out, I realized that B12 with hydrochloric acid was exactly what I needed to do. And not even a day later, all of that muscle soreness just went away. So where can you get B12? And if you're experiencing muscle soreness as an athlete or twitches, even twitches when you sleep, um, a, lot of the, a, a lot of the things that you're going to want to do is focus on eating those foods that are really high in B12. And B12 is very commonly known to be um, high in animal foods, right? Your fish, your, your beef, uh, chicken even. Uh, but specifically in, in your red meats are going to be really, really potent with, with B12. Um, but what if you're a vegetarian? Well, there are some vegetarian sources. Um, brewer's yeast has B12. Uh, egg yolks has B12. You get a bunch of B vitamins just from beans. All the B vitamins kind of work together and they work a lot with your neurological system. So really, even if you want to be supplementing B12, having a B complex too. And your energy levels will just go through the roof. <laughs> Um, so finally, when you when you're if you want to buy a, a B12 supplement, and this is something you want to incorporate as part of your your regime as an athlete, um, you really want to think about the source that you're getting it from. Um, the most common source of B12 is called cobalamin. Now, cobalamin is is a very very cheap source and and doesn't tend to work all that well for most people. Um, so you really want to look for either methylcobalamin or even better than that would be hydroxycobalamin. And these forms are a little bit more expensive. But if you try a generic B12 from from uh, from cyanocobalamin, it, it's not going to it's not going to be enough for you. Most likely, if that doesn't work for you, try the methyl. If the methyl doesn't work, try another form. Try the hydroxy, for instance. Um, and just, just figure out what's working with your body. Ultimately, if you can get it from your diet, that's, that's going to be best and see what it does for your performance out on the field. All right. Yeah. No more cup of noodle for our kids out there. Okay. It's the queen of teen, please. No cup of noodle during break. This is Erica Sala. Join us next Tuesday at 9am. God bless. Oh, my best. Oh, my best. Oh, my best.